42 Days ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first six weeks of someone's employment in any industry, but especially the world of hospitality, is so competitive, fast-paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry, so we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged. We'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business. Go to 42days.co to book a consultation. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight talking, ethically minded and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now, let's get into today's show. Today, we have an amazing facilitator and leadership and performance coach in the hospitality industry. And working with us at a company called 42 Days that specializes in hospitality onboarding and training. With years of experience in the industry, Chris Farinaskis has a wealth of knowledge on best practices and ensuring that new employees are set up for success and that existing staff are continuously improving their skills. Hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's fantastic to have you on board. Now, obviously, you've, obviously, for people who don't know, you've actually been on a podcast pre-COVID, which is always fun to go back and listen to. I do listen to that at times because that was done uh, in a cafe in Melbourne. Um, So there's a a bit of um, of noise in the background and that kind of stuff, but it's always fun to listen to pre-COVID podcasts sometimes for me and just um, hear about what would have, (laughs) what we didn't know what was coming. Um, But it's really good to have a chat with you today around leadership and around coaching. Let's start for the people who don't know. How did you start out in training and coaching people in the hospitality industry? What's been your journey? Yeah, great question. Um, So like most people starting out in hospitality, I I started doing that at a really young age. Um, Started at the age of, you know, 16, 17, working in cafes and pubs and clubs. And I think I pretty much tried every type of hospitality (laughs) operation you could think of. Um, Mm -hmm. Did that while I was at uni and um, got a real passion for, I love people, right? So just being in, in this environment and having so many different types of people that you work with, you really get an understanding and appreciation of that. So I uh, went off and did a degree in, in business and HR and um, and thought to myself, well, what industry do I actually want to go back into? Hmm. Um, it was just a natural progression to get back into hospitality and um, and that started my journey. And from that point, I started you know designing, developing programs and looking at training and coaching a whole heap of people. And um, yeah, I haven't looked back since. What do you like about it? I just love working with different people. I just love the joy of seeing people achieve things, um, challenge themselves, take a step forward in their journey. Um, it just it throws up all different scenarios. So it's just a such it's such a great environment to be part of. Um, you know, you can go anywhere coming out of hospitality, and that's the special thing. So mm. you know, it doesn't just hold you into one spot. And it's amazing seeing how people can really take 
you know, their career forward, um, being inspired by people around them um, and being in an environment that just allows them to express themselves and to give things a go and, you know, really challenge themselves. So, you know, what, what more could you ask for really in terms of being in a place where you get all of that in one hit? Yeah, for sure. And obviously we worked together, you know, um, it was close to sort of 10 years ago and we've worked together in a couple of businesses now, which is funny, yeah. and then have come to um, join forces again with, with 42 Days, obviously. Uh, we'll talk about that, you know, I'll touch on that a bit during the podcast. Yeah. But I know one of the questions that um, I've always thought about um, in regards to training people, and as I learned, especially learned um, working under you in regards to the coaching, um, was the difference between those two things. How, yeah. how would you define the difference between training and coaching? Yeah, great question. And, and there is a difference. And, and it's important to help people understand what that is. So, you know, I'll look at training and I say, all right, so what really is the core of it? And it's, it's about giving someone the right knowledge and then helping them understand, make sense of that knowledge. So what is it that I'm, I'm learning here? Um, and then really going through, well, what's the best way to practice that understanding? You know, how do I really get to know, am I on the right track? How do I start to develop some of these capabilities? Um, and then it's about application. So how can I then translate that to my role? And, and whether that's completing a job task, whether that's looking from a behavioural point of view about delivering service, um, you know, it's, it's a very clear sort of um, transition from, you know, acquiring new skills. So it, it's, it really comes around to bridging the gap. You know, what don't I know and then how do I get there and start to be capable and competent in, in my role? So that's the training side of things. Mm-hmm. Then you look at coaching and, and coaching takes a very different approach, but very, very useful. So... It helps someone uncover what they're not seeing. What are they not understanding? What are they not fully grasping yet? The way to do that is to really create an awareness. So expand someone's thinking. Make them, help them see a different perspective, a shift in their understanding. Mm. And then that helps uncover a deeper understanding about what they could be doing differently. And once you understand, okay, there's a shift, there's an awareness, then it's about building clarity. How can I now take this new understanding that I've got through questions, through thoughts, and then start to make sense of it and actually work through how am I clear about this? And then what will I do differently that I was doing before? So I like to think training is getting someone to a point and it's almost like an entry-level point. And then coaching is really about helping them develop those abilities even further. Mm. And so when you think about people in hospitality, they come from all different walks of life. And, And you've got to meet that person at the time that they're at. So whether they come to you without having any previous knowledge of, of the industry or even work, um, you know, as a student, for instance, um, that's a really important milestone in their, in their journey is to understand, well, not just do I need to understand my job, but I need to understand the environment that I'm working in. I need to understand the people that I'm working with. I need to be clear about what my leader or my, my manager is asking from me. I need to understand how do I interact with customers and guests. I need to understand, you know, how do we measure success? Um, and so there's a lot of stuff for them to unpack at that early moment. And so, you know, coaching helps cement that understanding. It helps build some concrete understanding, but it also helps them see a different perspective. A- and that becomes really important for them to understand what more could I be doing or what things could I be looking at that I'm not currently seeing. Mm. So, yeah, that's, I think for me that presents the, the real core of, of, the, of the difference. So uh, coaching is really an elevated level of understanding in regards to training, right? Yeah. So with that, how long do you think it beca- 
like how long do you think it takes for someone to become a good coach? Do you think they can do that quite early on in their hospitality career? Or do you think it's something that over time after, you know, experience and going through different situations and different brands and different roles that that's when they become a good coach? That's a great question. You can become a self-coach from day one. Um, to be a coach of others, you've really got to pay attention to people. So you've got to have an innate understanding about what drives people. You know, how do people think? How does that translate into actions and behaviour? And it's really just about being curious. Hmm. You know, anyone's a coach. It's just you master different levels as you grow. So as you become more aware about yourself and you become more aware about the environment and you become more aware about what, what you need to get to, that can then therefore help your understanding and then coach others in a more meaningful way. Hmm. Um, you know, coaching can be misaligned at times and, and it's disappointing to see because if it's only focused purely on a solution mind, so solution focus, um, you really do miss the essence of that person who's actually trying to do something. Hmm. So, you know, that comes through with, with wisdom at times. Um, it comes through with age. Um, although not always do we have wisdom as we grow older. Yeah. Um, but certainly it does help to see things differently. Mm. And so, you know, the hardest transition I always find is someone stepping into their first supervisor position, you know. Agree. That transition is incredibly important um, and really difficult to master. Mm. And so that's, that's the I think that's the pivotal moment that coaching can really play its role. Mm. Because... What are you actually trying to do? You're asking people to shift. You're asking people to change. Change is not always easy, you know. And in fact, because a lot of the time we're unconscious in the way that we think, um, it makes it difficult to step out of that and to really examine how am I seeing things and and what do I need to do differently? So I keep coming back to those two concepts, but um, it's critical in the hospitality industry that that's the way that you can actually make, make change. Mm. is to is to have a really um, clear focus around that. Mm. So, and then you get, of course, to your senior roles. And then you've got to start managing a whole heap of different people. And so in that regard, again, it really helps if you can pay attention to different types of people. You know, what are their needs? What drives them? How do they get engaged? You know, what what's their life like? Mm. A- and I know particularly with you when, you know, um, sort of observing how great you were with leading others, that was a huge core part of what your focus was, mm. you know? 100%. It wasn't really around, can this person do this job? It was about how can I support that person? How can I encourage that person? How can I drive that person so they can reach their potential, mm. you know? And I think we underestimate the power that has because it unleashes this courage and confidence within someone. And, and we've seen this firsthand. We've seen where people have then been able to take that, that one moment that you've been able to create and pursue a career from that point forwards that, you know, you look at and go, that's amazing that you got there, mm. you know? And it, it is moments. It's not um, one specific thing. It's, it's, it's always just how do I interact with my team, you know, regularly? And, and what am I actually, what impact am I trying to create with that? Mm. What do you think allows a great trainer or a great coach to go and do different parts of the hospitality industry successfully? I know you've been able to obviously do that in the different brands that you've worked with in hospitality and also outside of hospitality. But uh, I see a lot of people who struggle with that. So they might just stay within QSR land or they might just stay with cafes. 
Um, and part of that is security. Yeah. But also part of that is they're worried to go into another industry because I don't, uh, part of the industry because I don't know what it's about or, or am I going to be as good in that part of the industry. Um, what do you think makes a person successfully go from cafes to QSR to fine dining? Yeah, awesome. Um, every every facet of hospitality has similarities. You know, you break it down first and you say, what is it we inten- what, what is the intention of this particular category Mm. you know understand how the business has been created what is that model that supports preparing food preparing beverages to then go and serve guests and if you look at it from a really basic point of view that helps someone ground themselves in terms of okay these are the differences these are the nuances this is the moving parts that connect all of this stuff together so my um my natural curiosity has always helped right i've always really taking the time to explore the depths of all of those things. Um, and I remember when I went into, you know, the first place that we met, I spent the first three months just completely immersing myself in all of the moving parts. I wanted to know why were things done. I wanted to know how did that make an impact. I wanted to know how did the people respond to those things? How do they embrace it? How did they go and deliver something? And then naturally in my mind I thought, well, where are the gaps? You know, what's not working here? Mm. What What's being missed? And are people being accountable? Are they being empowered? Are they engaged? You know, that's that's my default position is to naturally want to see the lens through people. Mm. Um, so you have to have a mixture of both. So what makes a good trainer is having a really clear understanding about what the outcome is, what the, re- what the result is. Um, and then having a really, um, you know, clear mind around, well, what are those moving parts that need to come together for that to work? And then it's just around designing elements, training elements to help support that. Mm. So, you know, there was a, a program that, you know, obviously designed um, that didn't just focus on one particular thing. It, it, it was a structured approach to how does the business view performance? How does it view what success looks like? Mm. What systems are in place to go and drive that? Mm. What processes have been created to make sure that that is achievable? And then what are the day-to-day habits that need to be applied for that to actually come together. And so that's that's the the vertical learning part of how you can create something that's really meaningful. Mm. Um, and it enables someone to really take a look at that and connect the dots. A- and so then they get an appreciation of the context of what they're doing. I find trainers who are unable to create, you know, a strong context around what it is they're trying to deliver, that's where they miss the mark. Mm. Because the audience just does not understand what is this about. And so when you have that moment, it's hard to get them back. Yeah. You know, so you've got to be really clear in your setup about how do you paint that picture? Mm. You know, what is it all about? What's your role in this? And how are we going to support that? Mm. So, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, for sure. I want to go a bit deeper on that immersive part that you mentioned. Um, I I always found with the many leaders I've had – uh, during my career so far that even even the people managers who are above me who maybe I didn't respect or get a lot of but but were able to work with even if I didn't love their style or whatever there's always one thing I can take away from their leadership style or what they said to me and I can use as part of my toolkit and one I remembered who I wasn't having um, uh, a great time uh, being underneath uh, that particular leader said to me something really prolific and he said whenever you take on a new role don't change anything for the first 30 days. 
unless it's something to do with health and safety, which is obvious that needs to be changed, yeah. but do not change anything for the first 30 days. Let people understand you, know what you're about, see that you're immersive, see that you want to listen before you talk. Yeah. I don't see that happening as much with a lot of leaders, especially as they move to other, another role or another part of the industry. Yeah. How do you think you get the confidence? Because I think that's parting confidence to say, hey, I'm, I'm actually not going to do anything here. I'm just going to learn. I'm going to be immersive. Why do you think people don't do that? I think you've answered part of it. <laughs> it's confidence. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's um, belief in self. Right, and so you think people are in conflict when they first come into a new role. They they want to impress. Mm. They want to make an impact. They want to build credibility. They want to build their reputation. They want to do that as soon as they can, because that allows them to settle in. Mm. Okay, but really, what they're not doing is taking time to build the trust. And without trust in any organization or any team, the rest of it is irrelevant. So you know that's that's whoever said that to you is you know hit the mark because you actually have to spend time understanding yourself in this new environment. How am I thinking about things? What am I seeing? How do I understand the people in my team? How do, how do I see what they're doing in the larger scheme of the business? What impact is that making? Where are we missing things? And so if you haven't got a really good understanding about that, how, how can you expect to, to then start making change? Mm. What are you trying to change? And, and that's where you see a lot of teams respond in a really poor way because the first reaction is, well, they don't understand anything. Yep. And so what happens? They, they just lose engagement. Mm. And they just and they start to not be able to trust that this person clearly understands or has their back. Particularly, we know in hospitality, things change really quickly. So you've got to be quite adaptable. Um, and you've got to be really quick onto it and understand how do I pick these things up? And if you've already missed that core part when you've just started, then trying to do the rest of it becomes problematic. So my advice is get to understand yourself really well. That's the first thing you can do. Mm. Understand what it is that I'm trying to do here and then spend the time connecting that to how am I relating to this team? How am I, how am I going to support them? What is it going to be around our purpose? So once we've created a clear, defined purpose and then we can unpack, well, what does success look like for us and how do we create a compelling vision around the direction we want to take this? Mm. Then that starts to bring people on board mm. and then you start to win their hearts and minds. And when you've done that, then you can start laying out, all right, here is the roadmap. Here are the things that I would like your input with. You know, And I've always found in, in my career, it's not about me coming up with the best strategy. It's just about our collective minds working together to say, hang on, how are we going to do this thing together? Mm. You know, I don't have all the answers. So come back to your, um, your question. It is about confidence. It's about confidence to be able to do that. Um, and, and last thing in, in for this part is just be kind. You know, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I can't make it any simpler. So true. Just, just take people on a journey but connect with them personally, you know. They may only work with you for a moment. They may work with you for 10 years. I mean, I've been trying to run away from you for a good... <laughs> over 10 years now. Over 10 years. <laughs> but you're really good at what you do. Um, so, you know, in, in terms of creating relationships, that's the meaningful part of, of life. It's the meaningful part of work. It's what mm. makes work enjoyable. 
you ask yourself, what do people want out of their job? You know, and, and they don't want to be micromanaged. They want autonomy, but they want collaboration. They want to achieve something as a as a group. Mm. You know, they want to go home and say to themselves, to their partner, to their family, "I had the best day ever. We did this thing today, and we absolutely nailed it." You know. Or we had this service period where everything was just humming along perfectly. Mm. You know, how many times have we had conversations around when service periods go wrong? Yeah, you know, a lot <laughs> because they happen every day. Yes, everywhere. Yeah. Right? You, c- you can never predict customers. You can no. never predict what's coming through the door, but you can respond to it. Mm. And the only way you can respond to those things effectively is if you've got a really strong team around that. Mm. And so, you can't underestimate the power of investing thirty days. 60 days, 90 days in terms of if I don't land that, then the rest of it becomes so challenged and it would just become a lot of time and effort and energy to try to correct. Mm. And so, yeah, that's you've just got to have the mindset really clear. It's just about caring for people, supporting them, helping them achieve their goals mm. and being clear about what your role is with that. Yeah. Let's get even more tactical because I really, uh, while you're on this podcast and while you've got so much knowledge, I really want to delve into that to really give people value listening today. Mm. Um, I want to go back to this, you know, this 30 days, first 30 days of someone being employed. Yeah. Um, so let's give a situation. I'm a restaurant manager. I've got a challenging restaurant. Um, I've been bought in because the last restaurant manager is, has left and left in a blaze of glory. Um, I've got a team of about 20 people. Um, they're connected, but they're sort of, um, they don't really know why that last person left and, and everything's in a bit of disarray. Um, the boss has given me the key and says, yours to run, like you've got full ownership, like it's yours to do. What are the couple of things that you would advise that new venue manager to go and do in order to build trust with that team as quickly as possible and make them understand the vision that you have as well as the vision of the brand? Yeah, great question. There's two choices. One is run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your yes. listeners want to hear that part of mm. it. Um, but it is a choice. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, for me, talking from a tactical approach here, is go and look at the results first. Go get a really deep understanding about what are your sales like? What are your wages like? What are your cost of goods like? See if you can pick up any customer feedback within that space and just understand what's truly happening. Then you get to the second step is to say, all right, if I had a blank canvas, what is my ideal working environment going to be? Mm. You know, if I put behind, put aside what's been said to me in the past or what my initial thoughts are, I can't connect to them. I can't attach myself to that because that's not useful. So it's then, all right, in an ideal world, what some of the, the vision that I have that this place could actually turn itself into. Mm. Sec- the third part to it is then, then I need to connect to people one-on-one. And then I need to actually ask some questions about their experiences. Then I need to actually ask some questions about what their ambitions are, what their aspirations are. What are their um, suggestions and recommendations about improvement? What's important to them? You know, And then I just spend time, I would spend time collating all of that information and understanding what is the team that I have, you know, what what has what has gone wrong, mm. what are the what are the gaps, um, and then I need to make decisions. Do I need to bring new people in? Do I need to change this place, or is it just because the person who used to run this place 
had little care for the people and ran him into the ground. Mm. And what they're really looking for is someone to actually believe in and to respect. And, and so therefore, that's a great scenario to have because if you're that person who truly deeply cares about people, then it's just about making sure that you can understand the landscape, the environment that you're working in, which is around those those key measures, um, and then understanding what is the direction and the journey I want to take this group on. Mm. So that, that would be the first phase that I would encourage every manager to undertake. And as, as we've been saying, it is not about jumping in with solutions because your solutions may not always be the best solution here. Mm. Y- you need to have in your mind some clarity about that general direction, but then you, could, you have to test that. You've got, to, you've got to understand, will that work? And what are some of the limitations in that? What could be some of the, the strengths that this team has never seen? And, and what is my unique experience that I can bring to the table, mm. you know? And, and, and I've seen the impact of people-led managers turn around businesses within a matter of months, right? We've both seen this. Yeah, for sure. And, and what does it come down to? It hasn't come down to this fancy or big thing that they've done. It's come down to them spending time shoulder to shoulder with their team every single day identifying one area that they want to focus on and get that right Mm. and then move on to the next but make sure that you don't just take a scattered approach where you're trying to achieve all these things at once Mm. because it just gets lost Mm. people aren't clear what are you trying to build here you know what is your starting point where do we need to put our attention to so are our wages too high is an example right well, there's heaps of stuff that goes into <laughs> managing wages, isn't yes. there? Yeah. You know, is it around um, we don't have the right people working? Is it around we have too many here, not enough there? Is it the fact that we've got not the right balance demographic, the staff mix? Is it we haven't got enough competency and skill that we haven't developed in this team? Mm. So therefore, things are taking longer. Therefore, things are not as efficient or effective as they could be. So you have to really unpack what are these results telling me? And, and, and what, where is that leading me to? What do I need to think about? All of these things around what impacts wages, I need to uncover where is the greatest opportunity. And then that's my focus. Mm. I start there and then I start to build some momentum from that point. Mm. Um, most people jump to revenue yep. you know, as, as that key, you know, if we get revenue up, then everything's good. Yep. Um, I think, you know, you said before around COVID, you know, clearly there is a need to go and boost revenue. Mm. You know, like that's, there's been enough sort of holding on to expenses and costs to try and make things work. And so businesses are coming out of that period saying, I really need to focus on driving top line growth. Yep. You know, and and that's great. Um, But you have to make sure that you're banking that in terms of your profit because those costs of sales can become critical in how you, you manage. Mm. Um, and it, it's certainly not easy because, you know, we've got so many new challenges that are emerging in the industry. Mm. Um, you know, we hear it all the time. There's, there's not enough talent out there, mm-hmm. you know. And then you have to ask yourself, well, what are you looking for? You know, it's, it's interesting because you've got, in my view, you've got, you know, two choices. You can, you can look for established ready-made people or you can develop from within. You know, and the talent pool is shrinking 
it's it's dramatically dramatically it's, it's disappearing where'd mm. it go yeah it's still a, a great wonder a great mystery mm. um but because people's attitudes are changing and so how are you attracting them to the industry mm. you know and and so sometimes an owner has to rethink their approach to this and you know one of the things that i empathize with is just the the impact that it has on running a business day to day Mm. You know, so it's not as simple as just stopping everything and saying, I need to focus on this because there are so many moving parts to it. But I, I would say that you've got to start somewhere. And so that recruiting aspect is really important. But and I, we're going to get to the, the way that 42 Days was born. But, mm. but this is where 42 Days plays its role. Yeah, totally. It is the whole intention around it is to bring people through a business in such a powerful way through developing them in, a, in quite a, a fast um, approach and and getting them productive, confident, engaged. Um, coachable. Coachable. <laughs> but, but also taking them on the journey to uncover, do they want to be hospitality professionals? Mm. You know, like I've seen this time and time again, the people that you least think are going to stay in the industry have this turning moment and they're there 10, 20, 30 years later because they just love what they do mm. but they've found their place mm. they've found what actually means something to them in hospitality mm. and and sometimes we overlook that because we're just so short-sighted on what our focus is that we're not considering the impact that that has mm. and if you can get the right foundation set up then you allow people to really embrace that from the moment they walk in the door mm. and so it's not just about recruiting people or trying to bring skills in it's trying to retain people yeah Exactly. It's trying to give them a reason to come to work, you know, and, and to be part of something that they're not getting in other parts of their life. Mm. You know, if it's just about money, you're going to lose that nine times out of ten. Yeah. And and yes, that's a, a, a necessary sort of approach, you know, in some regards, but there's a lot more underneath that. And and so you see people, it's, it's, it is a transient industry, obviously, but there are people who really want to make this thing you know a life's work mm. who who really want to make a huge impact and so how are we treating that person the same or differently to every other person walking in the door yep and and the disappointing thing i see when you know businesses try to sort of onboard and induct people is that they just don't give a shit <laughs> yes they don't no yeah, they've got they've got a couple of bullet points on a piece of paper, or they, you know, it's it's an afterthought. It's mm. just like we've got to get them in, we've got to get them productive, we've got to get them making money. If that's the message you're sending to these people, and you get confused as to why they don't give a shit about you, mm. I, I I think that's more on you than it is on them. Yeah. So I think you just have to sometimes just sit back and and really understand what is it that I'm trying to get from from this. Mm. Um, yeah. So. There's a lot there. Let's. Um, I want to talk about 42 days in a minute. But before that, um, I want to talk about your thoughts on culture versus training and leadership. Um, obviously, culture is always around every hospitality brand. It, it's where it lives and breathes. And, and obviously, training and SOPs and those kind of things always, that's how a brand grows and is successful, right? Not profitable, but it's successful and, and grows. Um if you walk into a situation in which um, training, onboarding, leadership is a challenge, um, and you know you need to fix that, but you also know you also know the culture is challenged as well, can you can you chew gum and walk at the same time, or 
do you need to fix the culture first before you fix any training and leadership stuff with inside a brand? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so they're not mutually exclusive in my mind. Mm. Um, culture, the way I look at it, is the wrapping paper of a gift. Right, the gift nice. in, the gift inside is onboarding and training. You know, it's every element of your business. Mm. So a lot of people say the culture is the way we do things around here. Um, there's always four key areas of culture that sticks out to me, and and that is someone's relationship they have with the brand, and and do they buy into the brand? Because um, the brand speaks heavily through storytelling, right? And people really connect with that, and you can see that that common purpose and common goal really unites people within a culture, and and that bond creates this strength in relationships. So that that's probably one area. The other thing is the environment. So what environment have you designed and created? Is it intentional? Is it not? Um, I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs in this space who are really fixated on all of the micro elements, right? To the point of minute changes within that environment has a huge impact on how guests experience mm. their, their, their brand and, mm. and the service. And so are you going into that level of detail with your with your people? You know, it's not about perks. It's not about always trying to hit the mark on these surface things because then they're not sustainable. Mm. It, it's all of those elements around communication, around support, you know, around opportunities. So the environment is critical, mm. um, even to the point of does your equipment work properly, you know? Coming into great point. Coming into work, and you know, I've got to deal with this bloody slicer that has been, you know, not working for the last two weeks, and no one's fixed it. Yeah, yeah. I don't care how good your induction and training program is. (laughs) That's repairs and maintenance is obviously overlooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so that that has a huge role. Mm. So they're the they're the first two elements. The the third one is the team. So you know, I say my. I say my business, my environment, my team is the third one. And, and I want to know I feel connected. I want to know that there isn't this um, schoolyard mentality about there's cliques within this group that, you know, you're not embraced. It's, it's, a, it's a hidden hierarchy where the cool kids thrive and the rest of you can just go and do the crappy jobs. Yep, you're in or you're out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you, you sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great in pub work. Um, there's places where it works quite well yep um but that clearly has a huge impact on someone on their self-esteem on their confidence and you know if people aren't confident and people aren't there to have their back well what's the outcome it's pretty pretty clear in my mind that Mm. you know there might be some exceptions to the rule but most people become disenfranchised and become toxic and and they don't leave or the good people leave right so either way I don't think you're in a good position with that. Mm. Um, then the first one is uh, the last one. Sorry, is their role, the fourth element. How of how is the role structured? Is it clear? You know, how does it relate to the rest of the of the business? And what impact can I make? You know, and again that that varies from level to level. You know, as you get higher, your responsibility grows and your role scope gets bigger. But even from the moment from someone walking in cleaning dishes. You know, a great culture, understand that that's a necessary part of work that helps the business operate in the way it does. Mm. Yeah, it's not glamorous. Yeah, there's no skill entry level to do that, but it's an important element. Mm. So if you dismiss the importance of different roles and how they come together, 
and why is it meaningful for that person to contribute to the, the wider team, then again, they're all cultural aspects and elements that n- have to be mastered, that have to be thoughtful, like, ca- carefully thought through. Um, so, yeah, they're, that's a pretty, they're, they're four really big buckets of things to, to go and look at. Um, oh, you asked the question, are they connected in any way? Um, they definitely are connected because the moment that someone walks in the door, what's the first thing you want to do? You, you want to make sure that you can talk about culture, you know? you got to celebrate this place. Yep. Hey, I don't know how you did it, but you just walked into the best venue in this country. <laughs> yes. You know, you may not see it in the four walls, but this group that we have, that we've put a lot of time and effort working together, this is the place to be. So this is all the stuff that we then want you to embrace. This is the this is our values. This is what underpins the way that we work together. But we want you to bring in your own unique um, abilities. Mm. And, and we want you to be part of something special. Not just treat this as, you know, a, a job that you just come in and you do some work and then you get out. Mm. If, if that's the culture, well, that's the outcome. You know, so they are very much linked because then that determines how you train and coach everybody. Mm. You know, how much effort are you willing to put into developing someone? Is it just a ticker box or is it to make sure that you've got them working with you in a connected way for years to come? Mm. And so there is no reason why that can't be achieved. The only people holding that back are the people that are driving it. And so everyone's got choices to make and you have priorities. And if your priority is not aligned to that, then okay, maybe you can ask other people to help contribute to that. Mm. So, yeah. Do you think there should be a... I'll start that question again. Um, Do you think there's a maximum amount of time that a venue manager or a restaurant manager or whatever should be in a particular venue before they should go and do another role? And I think of it like a sporting analogy. Yeah. So like a captain of a sporting club, right? Yeah. Does a great job, takes them to the premiership. They win the premiership, they win another premiership. But there's a time when new leadership needs to present itself in order for that venue to regenerate, to go to another level potentially. Yeah. Because as much as you love working in a particular venue, you're always going to see, you're always not going to see um, certain things that others can. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you think there's a max amount of time that is good both for a, um, a leader to be in a venue for a maximum amount of time and also for the brand? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, there is not a definitive amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, first from, I think, looking from a brand perspective, is this leader making the same impact? So, you know, y- you see this happen all the time. The first 12 months, two years, three years, there's this hyperactivity of, you know, getting stuff done mm. and and making significant change. And, you know, you also want to be able to ensure that's sustainable and you also want to be able to ensure that that is something that aligns closely to the direction of the business. And so why I say there is, there, there typically is a time limit is because the brand changes directions as well. And so if if it no longer becomes the right person, the right fit, that's typically the moment where that will be identified. Mm. And and so we've seen through COVID, you know, brands have to reinvent themselves. And, you know, to, to hold on to things that 
don't align to that. Um, sure, they're courageous decisions to make, but they have to be made because they're the things that are going to slow you down or take you off track. Um, as the leader personally, what drives you? You know, are you ambitious? Do you want a new environment, a new challenge? Is that what really gets you out of bed? Um, I see in, in particular in hospitality that sen- that tends to be quite a, um, a common um, trait mm. is that, you know, it's, it's what's next. So, you know, sometimes brands selfishly hold people back for too long, you know, because they are so good at what they do. Yep. And, and there's nothing, nothing more important for that brand to have that person in that role delivering that performance. And they've done little planning to try and provide a succession pathway through that. Um, they've been complacent because this person has been so fantastic at what they do. And so that presents a real problem. That person starts to resent their role, starts to resent the brand, starts to resent the people they work with. And then the natural next step is to go, you know, and and, and when they leave, they they are disheartened, but they're also mentally fatigued and exhausted because they've been carrying this for quite some time. It doesn't just happen on day one. They, it happens over a long period of time. So the longer that, that continues, the worse it becomes, not just for the business, but that person. Mm. So there's never a time limit that you can attach to it, but there's always... Um, markers or or milestones that you can look at and say, hang on, that person has ch- changed slightly. Some of those patterns of behaviour, the way that they're talking, um, some of the things that they're not caring about as much seems to be shifting. So if you pay attention to that, then you've got to start to deal with that. Um, you know, the younger someone is, I tend to find the more, you know, aspirational and um, driven they become. And mm. so... Mm. You know, that's why hospitality provides such a, an amazing platform. It is a platform. You know, it's not a destination in many regards. Mm. It is absolutely full of different milestones, opportunities and moments. So let people work through that. Let people experience that. That's what they're here to do. Mm. You know, in, in the most part, there'll be a group of people who go off into their own specialty fields, right? They might even go to medicine, whatever it is. But their experience in managing people and understanding how to provide care to patients, as an example. Where does it come from? It comes from their experience in hospitality. Yep. And so that impact has a ripple effect in so many ways. And, you know, leaders, you know, want to progress, but they also want to make sure they're leaving an impact. And so that becomes, if you're no longer leaving that impact, then what are you there for? Um. Yeah, so there is definitely a moment in time that that should that should happen. What do you think the reason is the industry doesn't talk about that people management and the point that that is so important to leaders who stay in the industry, but people who leave the industry and go do that thing that they were studying at uni that is really important to them as well. Why do we not talk about that as an industry? Yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> like I, I've got so frustrating. Yeah, I've got some views on it, obviously. Um, the perfect person to bring into your brand is those who start out at uni. Yeah. You know, um, they, 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 ha- they want to make money. You know, they, they are available to work at the times that you need them to work. Yes. <laughs> if you do, if you play your cards right, you've got them for three years. Yeah. You know, if you think about turnover rates in the industry, they're skyrocketing. Mm. You know, they, they were coming down before COVID. 
Um, but I think there's a real fear. I think there's a fear and, again, there's also this thought process is we can't, this, this can't continue to be a cycle. You know, we, we, we want to do our best to hold on to as many people as we can. And the ones that are leaving, we almost feel like they're burning us. Mm. We, all, we almost yeah. feel like they've done wrong by us. Yeah, it becomes personal. It becomes personal. Mm. Because people are so attached to their life in hospitality. Yes. So they, they do take it personally. But they also know there's a heap of work to be able to replace that person. And they also know that there's a lag in productivity. Mm. And they also know that it then drains part, different parts of the business that have to be called upon from a resource, time, effort, money point of view mm. to bring new people in. So it certainly makes sense. But again, it is that balance. It is, hang on, we can't look at it in a way that we're looking too far ahead. We've got to, the only thing that we can control is what are we doing today? Mm. You know, And if we understand that people have life plans because everybody has a life plan, they may not fully understand that, but <laughs> they might be walking through life blind, but yes. you know, things happen. Right? Yes. So the more that you can talk to people about what their current direction is and what are they interested in and maybe how can we support them get to that point, I find the more loyal people become mm. because it's not just you don't care about me as a person, you only care that I do work for you. And, and the shifting attitude also is becoming really clear around there's this you know, power play between employers or owners you know, paying people really poor wages but treating them poorly, mm. um, not willing to put any investment into them because what's the point? They're just going to leave anyway. And that's had a really negative impact, a real scar on, on how people view hospitality. And so then you ask, well, why aren't people coming in droves into this you know, into this um, sector. And a lot of it is, um, you know, there's a shifting, you know, social um, challenges as well. People aren't having to move out of home and, you mm -hmm. know, they, they don't need that money. You know, yep. they're living with mum and dad, you know, so what's their motivation? Yep, true. Um, but there are people who are motivated. Hmm. So if you only cast a, a, an a idea or, an, or, you know, have one fixed point of view, you're going to miss all of those amazing people that do come through the door and all those people who will look back on this time and say, that was the best work I've ever done in my life. Mm. And surely that's what you want to create. Yep. So um, there's never a silver bullet in this. Mm. Um, but I think the mindset is the important thing here. Yeah. No, good shout. Uh, especially I think we, we get um, disillusioned yeah. by the fact that we can't get the people that we want to come in and come work for us. And then we forget about the people who actually are. Yeah, because they're not our focus. They're not our focus. So if we focus on the people we actually do have and train them and, de and deliver them better leadership um, and make them even more productive, so maybe you won't need all those people that you need to do. Um, I know that's something I definitely focus on in recruitment is looking at org structure before we actually go to recruit for the market, for the role that people want yeah. to actually see if that's a necessary role. <laughs> um, for sure. Let's talk a bit about um, 42 and I'll give everyone who's listening a bit of a background um, before I, I want to understand, you know, uh, and, and you let people know why you came into it as well. Um, so 42 days was something I sort of thought of initially about five years ago um, after working, you know, with yourself and, and understanding how and working with a lot of um, franchise brands as well as independent venues. But, but the franchise brands allowed me to see a structure 
uh, um, place of how training was systemized and important and with good leadership and good coaching delivered a more consistent result. Not a perfect result at every time, but a more consistent result and in, in, in that affected people and culture in a really good way. Um, the reason for 42 days was I knew six weeks was a really good time frame in order to build a habit, uh, both a training habit um, and a culture habit with inside a brand. And I wanted to focus on the fact that an employee experience was much more important than a customer experience because you've got the employee experience right. It'd be a great culture for your brand. You'd actually live and work the brand a lot more. Um, it wouldn't be the most important thing, but it'd be a bloody great thing to come into every day um, that you were working. And then that customer impact would be even better because those staff were happy to work. Um, it's something I kicked around for um, the last couple of years a bit, a bit more confidently um, Bruno, who's worked with me at Open Pantry Consulting for the last three or four years, um, three years or so, um, has kicked around some ideas and, and we've talked about that a lot. Um, and then we had a coffee um, start of last year, I think, midway yeah. through last year. Yeah. Um, and you said, like, how can we talk about this a bit more? I'm interested to know what you're thinking. Um, I brought my partner Diane into it as well. So we've got, a, we've got this sort of thing that we've started to started to work on. But like... Why did you want to come into 42 and and why do you think onboarding and coaching and, and training is so important to hospitality brands? Yeah, I, um, I, I first saw you put a post up on this and um, it caught my attention and um, it, it surprised me at the same time because there was probably a, a period during that COVID where we hadn't connected a lot. Obviously, mm. there was things that were everyone was going through mm. um and, and you know the background for me is you know clearly is that this has been a passion for me for a long time um i have seen thousands of people benefit from this in, in a really um you know fundamental way mm. not something that you know is just done to you know put another al aspect on the business but i've seen people come to me after sessions and after weeks with this light, this glow in them, you know, and this fun and excitement and in, in energy. And I just sit there and I go, if that's the impact that this is making on people, then surely this needs to be the way that we go and, and do this on a bigger scale. And so I, I think I've, I've designed um, induction onboarding programs um, for every sort of place I've worked at. Right? <laughs> it's for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> I've seen it all. I've made mistakes. I've, um, I've been really proud of some stuff that has, again, made a, a real difference to people. Mm. Um, so that obviously caught my attention with you. Mm. I thought, here is a guy who I spent quality time with over years who really got it and, and really understood the purpose behind it, the essence behind it. Um, the way that you, uh, you know, connect to people, I think, is clear um, for many people that know you really well. Is, you know, when you speak to yourself, it is there's such warmth and, and genuineness and authenticity about you, and and that really shows through in how you approach people. And that is a that that that's an intention, right? That mm -hmm. is something that um, people underestimate. That you, you have to spend time being you, but also caring enough and, and helping others to, to be their best. And so it, it just naturally came to me that I thought, hey, let's just go have a coffee on this, <laughs> you know. And 
it didn't take long for me to start blurting out different things, obviously, <laughs> did it? Maybe, no. Maybe three minutes of general chit-chat. How you yes. going, Sean? Nice yes. to see you. Bang, let's get into it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it but it was something started by you, you know, and, mm. um, and something that you have seen in this industry since you've been in this journey, particularly over the last five years, mm. um, where you speak to people every day and it just becomes really clear that this is a fundamental thing that is missing out of most businesses. Mm. And it doesn't need to be big. You know, it doesn't, you know, we had the privilege of having some investment behind it within um, bigger organisations. Mm. Um, but the benefit that people get out of it now is that we've got that learning. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. the idea behind it is to influence and impact as many different venues and people as we possibly can. Mm. And there's... From, from my point of view, there's not enough time on earth to be able to do that. <laughs> yes. um, because I understand that the impact that has, the legacy it creates, the shift in someone's life is is so powerful. Mm. You know, and here I am being the recipient of that years down the path. Mm. Um, you know, my, my one of my first bosses who, um, you know, in this space who, um, she was amazing, created this induction program and, just really hooked me in from day one. I thought, well, I've never seen something like this. Mm. I've never been a part of something like this. Mm. And and it just challenged me to think so differently about it. And so I've just, over that time, just built understanding layers of things, you know, really recognised where are the gaps that um, can make the most impact. Mm. And, and then being able to put that into a, a system, if you like, um, where you enable people to go and do that. Yeah, um, and like for for anyone who hasn't seen Chris coach before, or be lucky enough to like he's undoubtedly like one of the best coaches I've ever had. Um, I've been I've been fortunate to have um, so many great mentors uh, during my career, but definitely you're one of those. But like just the way that you engage and coach with people is like just refreshing and oh, unique. Um, as as that something that's taken you obviously a long time to craft but do you feel you're sort of in a in a pocket now or is it or is it like you're always going to be learning how do you think about your own coaching style yeah thank you um i i always connect to making sure that it's it's unique to me you know that's the one once you've once you've really mastered the fundamentals about how to structure a session how to facilitate those technical aspects then it's just about getting to know yourself better in that and, and as you know um, I I like to take quite a humorous approach to things. Yes. <laughs> I like to have a lot of fun. Yeah, which is know. great. Yeah, I mm. like to I like to really challenge things, mm. you know, and and allow people to really um, embrace learning without this seriousness attached to it all the time because that's just not what lands. And so it's just trial and error over years. Um, but right now I'm going through this whole new process about unlearning everything I've learned <laughs> and learning <laughs> new skills. Yep. You know, I'm going through this thing called transformational coaching, which, um, you know, I've, I've now been doing for the last better part of 18 months and I'm, I'm partnering with a, um, an international school in this area and um, they're leading edge in terms of, you know, what they do. Um, and it's such a new and refreshing way to approach coaching with people. Mm. Um, really hard, by the way. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> really difficult to try and transition. But yeah. what doesn't get lost in all of that is who you are. Mm. You know, and um, if you can connect with people and connect with everybody in that room, 
and feel as though that their attention is the most important part of that day, um, then you know you've done something well. Mm. You know you've been able to create a moment for them. And, and I never walk out of a, a room without understanding I've given absolutely my best to this to this group, to this, this person, to this outcome. Mm. Um, there's a whole heap of preparation that goes into it because you want to be your best at that time. You know, you can't go into those sessions thinking to yourself, oh, I'll just get through it. You know, I, I take that stuff ultra serious, but it doesn't show on the outside. So um, that's the discipline I've learned to, I guess, um, apply over over many years. But it wasn't easy to start with, mm. you know. Um, it's just uh, a skill. It is a skill, mm. yeah. And, it's, and it, it takes, again, um, the ability to have you know to reflect to be able to reflect on things to mm. be able to uncover that awareness to be able to learn from it not about it and there is a difference so when you learn from the experiences that you've produced and you ref- I'm, I'm quite a reflective person so it's, it's naturally quite easy for me to do but you can you can get these little gems that you didn't realize at the time that were provided to you in those sessions mm. you know the things that are more obvious is when people provide feedback and they're like, oh, you did great or this was really fun or whatever. Okay, cool. But what meaningful impact did it have? Yeah. You know, so I take that stuff really serious and I, mm. I, I spend a lot of time um, reflecting on it and making sure that I'm bettering myself every time I'm with a group. Mm. My final question to you and a question that you will see um, if you're li- uh, listening to this now, a question that we'll start to ask in season 16, but this being the last episode of season 15 for the live episodes, is what legacy are you trying to leave the hospitality industry, Chris? You save the best question to last. <laughs> the le- uh, legacy is always a, it's a difficult question. Um, uh, the reason why I say difficult is because it, 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 it's, it's deep. You want to make sure that all of the stuff that you've put into it is is meaningful. Um, the legacy I, I want to create is on two levels. I want people to look back in their interactions with me and say, hey, that time that we spent together was amazing. Um, I learned so much from you. You learned so much from me. We shared these extraordinary moments where we achieved some wonderful results. As many people as I can get to on that level um it is great for, you know it's it means that you've you've been able to have an impact on people mm. um but then there's the higher part of the legacy and that is to really shift um the attitudes and the mindsets of the broader hospitality industry mm. and i want people to feel you know um, inspired by taking on new roles focused around people i, I want them to challenge themselves around becoming the best facilitator they possibly can. Mm. I want them to influence a much wider circle of people um, and, and have a seat at the table, you know, and be able to think to themselves, wow, I'm now helping, you know, impact this industry from y- for years to come. And, and so that, if, if I can create an ability for people to get to that level, mm. um, that would make me really, really proud of, of the effort that and the time that I spend with them. Love it. Um, 
obviously we'll have uh, ways in connect with 42 days and have a chat to us about these bespoke training onboarding and training systems that we're rolling out to the industry. Uh, but Chris, what's the best way that people can get in, get in contact with you and have a chat to you? Because I know they're going to get so much value out of that just with yourself. Uh, yeah, awesome. So look, it's easiest is LinkedIn. Um, so Chris Franiaskis. Um, mm-hmm. I think you'll put the, the link on this. Yeah, probably. in the show notes. Yep, absolutely. Um, so message me, you know. Let's let's have a, a, a direct conversation. Mm-hmm. I think um, for me it's, it's all about that personal connection and let me understand where you're at. Um, I'd love to speak to as many people as I possibly can and, and see what value I can offer, you know, them personally as a coach or their group as an organisation. Um, and, you know, obviously between, you know, our connection around 42 days, I think that's really going to play a pivotal role. Um, and so there's another level there that, you know, we can get into connection with. And, um, yeah, that's going to be a, a big part of what I do moving forward. Happy days. As always, linked up in the show notes this podcast, as Chris said, please reach out to him. Chris Renosis, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> thanks again for tuning into this episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one. As I said, uh, connect with us at 42 Days. Make sure you connect up with Chris. You'll have a direct link to go to Chris's LinkedIn page and have a chat with him about what he thinks about the industry and especially what he thinks about coaching. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. As always, we're making this content with the industry in mind and the way that we can keep doing it is if you keep sharing and commenting on it. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode and until next time, stay well, everyone. Today's ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first six weeks of someone's employment in any industry, but especially the world of hospitality, is so competitive, fast-paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry so we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged. We'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business. Go to 42days.co to book a consultation.